of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. Hi, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? Look at you in the beautiful Fijian... The, like Balinese Island no, background? Well, oh. right now I'm in Italy or somewhere European. Yeah, maybe you just went to Austria. <laughs> wow, what a lovely trip you're on. <laughs> <laughs> I often say my life is like that. It's a, it's just, it's a trip, all right. Uh, just kidding. You're actually in Sacramento, California. Ooh, exotic and beautiful Sacramento. Yes. Ooh. We're slightly on fire in every way, but <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Not too far far off from greater LA right now. So. so Sean is in town this weekend. We are having the ultimate hot young retreat. Raging party designer retreat. You know, it's been like kind of raging party because I've had a hangover from two drinks. <laughs> Mom can't hang. <laughs> really couldn't hang the other day. But we've been getting a lot accomplished. You know how we always like tout the retreat yourself lifestyle? It's working. It's really working, you guys. We are ahead of the game. We have so many exciting things on the horizon. And co-working is the way to go because it's very hard to like push yourself when you're by yourself in a room. Like when we're both across parts of the state, it's, it is hard to find the motivation to sit down and like get all our thoughts out, plan something, organize an email to someone. Like it, it just takes that much longer. It does. And client like deadlines and things really are the squeakiest wheels. So yeah, yeah, getting this time carved out. Yeah. Keeping the office doors running. Is that a phrase? (laughs) Keeping keeping the door, keeping the lights on is maybe where I was going. Like keeping the office lights on is an important thing for each of our businesses. So I get it. So yeah, so we're here. We, I even went and stayed in the hotel, which we both are in a hotel. So we're just kind of like in our little adjoining room frat party, (laughs) little (laughs) retreat bubble. And we're at my office today. Happy hour. If you guys are seeing a video by chance, because we got ahead of something and recorded one <laughs> or edited one. Okay. So today we have a theme song. What we do. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, uh, it's, is uh, okay. So for me, it's a la Britney Spears. Oh, I can't get no satisfaction. But she's taking it off of Mick. Yeah. Arguably better. Don't fight me, hotties. <laughs> so yeah, we are talking about client dissatisfaction and... Can't get, no. no. Except we have, it happens. I can't not we can, get, we no. can, We do get, so. I've been having a lot of like things lately. So we'll go over that a little bit, but mostly kind of what to do, how to mitigate it as much as possible. Less of a let's be down in the dump sesh. And more of a, but what what do we do about it? How do we handle it? Because it's going to happen. It happens to the best of designers. Yeah, and we both have experience working in service-based industries, working with clients. Like we've 
in past jobs, we've had this experience. It doesn't go away. It's not just the design world. Like it's no. going, it's going to happen. The better we're prepared for it, the the easier it's going to be to navigate those situations where they don't keep you up at night and like give you anxiety. Oh my God, I see worst anxiety this past month. But before we get in the show, let's do our little hottie shout out of the week. Hey, hottie. Hey, hottie. Who are we going to talk about today? We're talking about Katie at Surf Perch Interiors. Yeah, we met Katie, God, was it last year or the year before? I don't even know how your years work, but. I'm not a scientist, but I do not, I'm not confident how time works anymore post-pandemic life. So it might have been 2020. It might have been. You're putting me on the spot here. Sorry. So <laughs> we, she's in um, Central Coast, the Central Coast of California, and we had a little coaching session with her and she has really stepped it up. Like she was kind of learning and had some questions about, you know, how to put herself out there more. And Katie, your Instagram is looking really good. Getting fresh out there. Love, yeah, the more the projects are going, definitely is giving me that Central Coast vibe. And it's really fun to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch how Katie has really started to change her messaging around what she's doing for clients, what we're capable of, but also just making sure that what we put out is bringing us back the projects, the clients, the style, like what we want to get. What we want more of. Yeah. And I think that's an important part when when we are all working on building our portfolios and getting our work. It's easy. We We all have done this where we take on projects because we're like, hey, I got to get paid. Like, I got to keep doing the work. Each project leads to another. We keep going. And I think it's good that Katie's starting to really lean into, but these are the things I want to do. Yeah, I have a lot of things that I do or have done that just aren't going to make it to the feed, which is totally okay. So Katie, we see you. We're excited to watch your projects keep progressing there. If you all want to check in on Katie, check her out. She's at Surf Perch. So S-U-R-F-P-E-R-C-H. Interiors. Thanks for being a loyal hottie. Okay, so the task at hand. Client dissatisfaction. The elephant in the room that I think is probably the most important in this is just to quickly acknowledge that, yes, it does happen, but also that I feel like as designers, it's hard not to take things personally when people are upset or things happen in projects that aren't kind of planned exactly like what we wanted? Yeah. I mean, I think as designers, we're set up in kind of the perfect storm of it's like intimate because we're in people's homes. Like we're in their yeah. like sacred space of shelter. It's like a fundamental need. Yeah. And when things go awry, that is really bad for the client. But also we're artists in a way and creatives that when things aren't loved, it feels very personal to most of us, I would assume. Yeah, because whatever it is, whether it's a problem with a contractor or a problem with a piece of furniture or whatever it is, it's usually whatever dissatisfaction they're presenting, whatever it might be, it's it's not them trying to, to negate all the hard work that's gone into it. It's not, and most of the time it's not they're really not trying to make it personal. They're just like, 
this is a problem, we need to fix it, or I don't, I'm unhappy with this, or I don't like this, this isn't what I expected. None of those statements are necessarily saying, Sean picked the wrong this, Sean caused this problem. Like, I think most I hate of you. it- you're terrible. Yeah, you, you really fucked this up. Like, thanks so like, much. Like, go die and do something else. Like, I don't, I don't think that's most interactions. Sure, I read in Facebook groups, I hear how some clients really lose their marbles and that can happen. But I think we're really talking about the examples where you just start to feel like a punching bag because you are the easiest party to talk to. We play therapist. We are the closest outlet for most of our clients when they don't know who to talk to or don't know who to say things to we're the easiest to vent to about it. Yeah, or kick. Yeah, because we're the scapegoat. We're the natural scapegoat for projects. Because we're the spokesperson. So I have, I mean, I've had a couple of these instances in the past month. I'm not going to totally go into detail, but I, I mean, some things were mistakes that I genuinely made and then clients overreactions and or vendors not supporting their error in it. Um, furniture manufacturers specifically, which ended up costing me a lot of money. And I, through this, have really like pinpointed what my trigger is and it's unresolved conflict. Mm -hmm. So I don't love conflict, period. Most people don't, but I think we all have a scale of what we're like comfortable with. I don't love it, but if it's unresolved and it's lingering in the air, it, (laughs) it makes me physically ill. Like I had several days on two different incidences where I mean, I literally couldn't eat. And I was like close to tears all day, all the time. Cause I couldn't, I mean, I was trying to resolve things, but things were still in the yeah. air. And it sort of like starts the emotions snowball, snowball and spiral on each other where it's like, wait, I literally can't slow the momentum at some point because it's not resolving. It's not, we haven't fixed it yet. I mean, I'm waiting for a vendor to give me a yay or nay. I'm waiting for the client to decide if they're going to accept this resolution, whatever it was. And in the meantime, you're just like on pins and needles. Worst case scenario. Yeah. And I don't normally have very anxious thoughts. I'm not an anxious person by nature. I'm more of just like, Period of a depressant if <laughs> I'm going to have an m- emotional crisis. But it's not a good feeling. And I got through it because we all do. Those were some, like, those were some hard conversations. And you also need your, like, we were talking during those, those times. And it's sort of like, okay, talk me off the ledge. Like, tell me, tell me, is this that bad? What should I be asking for? how much should I be asking for when it comes to like a vendor problem? Or responsibility, like how much of this is my responsibility and ownership, like that I need to just take the hit on? Yeah. And I think that's a design community question, like being able to ask either a Facebook group or a close designer group of friends or someone like, I don't think we, I know we talk about this a lot on the show, but the idea that like, you do need some friends that you can really open up and be vulnerable with and tell them like, hey, I think I messed this up, but I think the vendor messed this up. How far do I push this? Like, and I think what, the would I, what would you do? The client's overreacting. Like, at what? yeah, what? it's a trifecta of those things <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. It's something we messed up or didn't foresee somehow. Or I don't know, there's a, way, a lot of ways we can say that. But 
And then the client freaking out. Some people do, especially when you have all these families and, and our clients are all at, I always feel like our work comes at a lot of critical junctures, like around life events that are happening, whether it's moves or babies or or they have kids going through major life events at the same time that we're working with them. So they have the added stress and pressure of their extended family having stuff going on. And all of those emotions crescendo in in this moment. And sometimes we, we couldn't have done anything different. What Sometimes the conflict was going to happen no matter what at some point. Totally. And to expand on that, I think emotions are just a high burnout level in general. Especially the last few years here. Everybody's angry. And (laughs) to add to that, our normal services have been fractured. So when, I mean, a lot of designers have said this, when you're doing onesie, twosie installs and you just put one thing in a room and it doesn't make the room come alive, they start picking apart that one little object Mm -hmm. and freaking out about it. Versus in the good old days when everything came together. Back in my day, we used to do single day installs. Like it was the symphony sounding great all together versus like one little, one little triangle. Going, <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to listen to that. So that I think is adding, and that's like been part of the issues that I've run into. So it's just a lot and it's a lot on us and it's hard. But what do you do? What do you do when your client delivers, gets delivered something and they are dissatisfied? Either buyer's remorse, which is one way, or this isn't what I was sold. Yeah, there, uh, I don't know that I respond very differently regardless of what it is. Like, I feel like whether they're, they're just like, this isn't the color I thought it was going to be. And you're like, well, this is what the sample looks like. Like, this is what here it is, or whether it's oh, this has a little damage. Like, do we need to figure out a repair or a replacement? Or there's a warranty issue of some. Like, I feel like our first response to all of that stuff is to really just try as objectively as we can to look at the situation and like kind of analyze like it, take where, your profit and loss <laughs> out of it for yeah. a second, which is really hard when you're starting to do some math. I know. And and so like first, I guess the first thing would be like gauge your emotions because sometimes we just respond to stuff in fight or flight. And so if you need to take a beat and like, I hear what you're saying, I need to figure out what that means. Can you give me, uh, can you give me the rest of the day? I can get back to you. I'll find out like kind of, I'm not saying push off the the client. I think you have to show them that you hear it that you see it. So first acknowledge, like you're telling me this color doesn't look like what you thought it would. I need time to get the sample from that, from your package or from our library. I need time to get that here. And, and I need to look at that. You need to build the case. Yeah. So it's like, give me, make sure the client knows you hear it. Cause I think that's most people, they just don't feel heard or they feel like no one's listening. And then they escalate and they get louder because whether it's physically actually louder or they just start to ramp up the emails, the texts, the phone calls. Like they need to know that you hear it and that something is being done with a time frame of some kind. Like let them know they did it, acknowledge what's happening, tell them you're doing something, tell them when you're going to do that something by. Like step one, like that's step one, two, three. Yeah. And you can't 
control the way they act. No. Because I, I had two situations happen back to back and both times I did that and both times they kept freaking out. And there's like, like truly there comes a point where it does become the, I'm sharing with you what I'm doing. I'm giving you timelines. I'm waiting for a rep to physically call like, me back and they live on the East I don't, Coast. Like, I don't I, have another solution to offer you. Yeah, like you're, we have to wait for this. It is... And and I feel like there are points where you might have to say to someone, you have to give me a reason. Don't say you're being unreasonable. It's a, you need to give us a reasonable amount of time to handle this. We are taking care of it. We're doing this. Like, Yeah. And that's when you're just like the customer service rep, like on the phone. Like there's no, you're just trying to like talk them off the ledge and, until you get some answers. And you, and you might have to say like, I'm not going to be able to resolve this while we're talking on the phone right now. Like, Share your actual limitations with clients so they know, like, I won't be able to solve this today. I need time to fix this for you. Yes. And like in one of my cases, it was a set of dining chairs that didn't fit and they were manufactured differently than they looked online. Yeah. All the descriptions didn't match. They were like puffier and like overstuffed and they were dining chairs and they weren't supposed to look like that. So... I was trying to get answers from the vendor and doing all the things we're talking about. Meanwhile, the client's like, I'm not accepting these. No, no, no. Like, I don't want these. So she, that oh, one kind of she went spiraled quickly. Quickly. Like, where ultimately I just was like, okay, like I will take these back no matter what. I had to just, I couldn't, we'll talk more about contract stuff, yeah. but it was not worth me doing any of that. I just had to tell her, you One got a credit. You, yeah. ha- you have a credit with me for these chairs. We'll figure it out. And like, luckily on those, because they were leather chairs, which were very expensive when there's six of them. Luckily for those, the vendor did acknowledge them and took them back. But no matter what, I was refunding the client. Like I'd already decided mm-hmm. to do that before I knew what the vendor was going to do because she was just pushing me so hard. Yeah. So that was what I decided to do in that case. Like Sean might've just kept you and not, and this isn't a bad thing. Like you might've just said, I have to wait to see what my vendor says. My contract does not allow this to be refunded. Yeah. Just, I mean, every situation is so different that I think the first, I feel like in what, what, because I know more about what was happening with your client personally with you and I, I feel like that reaction was going to happen almost no matter what. Right. Like it felt like, the way that happened is sometimes it's we have to say, oh, this reaction level, this stuff, this isn't about me, but I still have to deal with what the way that this is happening. And it's just hard on an empathetic level to watch clients going through things and say, like, oh God, like I'm, but I can't be the designer and a therapist right now. I can't be their best friend. And an employee, you know, like in that sense. She was not trying to be my best friend. No, but you just can't, like, you can't. But I do. We think have to stick in our role I do a little think bit. There were like, some like career pressure starting to bubble up, and I don't know, just communication differences. We'll say that. Yeah. So my, I was really struggling. Like, do I roll over on this? Because yeah. I had just rolled over on another job that a different vendor completely fucked me over on and I might like publicly blast them if they they don't. If they don't fix it. Fix it. And I think that's the hard part with what we do is when you start working on volumes of projects with, you know, lots of items, multiple rooms and it's multiple clients, 
these problems can feel like they're compounding, but when we look at them statistically and you're like, okay, this is the one item that had an issue out of an entire room of things, or this is the one out of all of, you know, out of, yeah, like out of a dozen clients, I had two with issues. Like, I think we should, I don't want to say it's, I just think we have to get in a state of mind of it is going to happen. Things running perfect is a fantasy. Like that's no designer can, can promise that experience to, to their clients that like, Everything will be smooth. You'll never have a problem with damages, or you'll never have a problem with dissatisfaction, or you'll never screwing yourself over if you don't overemphasize it. Like now, I am like really overemphasizing it. Unapologetically, it's going to go bad. Like you're probably going to get mad at me about something at some point that isn't my fault. Yeah. Because it's a frustrating process for a lot of people. And especially now, like every, you know, things take longer. The damages are more frequent. Yeah. Vendors are tired too. So it takes exponentially more time to get everything done. Which just draws out the pain for the client. Yeah. Cause no one walk, you're not walking up to a register at a store. You're walking up to me and I have to corral dozens of interconnected parties and issues. And so, for me, I, like, I don't, you were talking about conflict. I don't have a problem with conflict. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's my problem is, I don't say I like, I'm not saying I like it, you guys. Like, I'm not like a real housewives over here, like trying to cause it. I just don't have a similar response to it. Like, I really feel like, I don't have a problem standing where I need to stand if I know that I'm in a fair and honest and ethical place. Like I'm always trying to think like, okay, am I am I in the right here? And then I have the confidence to stand where I stand. But if I know like objectively there's a problem with this piece of furniture, like I know that's not right, then there is a, st- a complete stand down. Like I don't need to protect myself. I don't, and maybe that's a trauma response. Like... Not our therapy session here, but I think that's like a, if I know I'm in the wrong, I say that to clients right away. Or if I know the vendor's in the wrong, this isn't right. I'm sorry, this is happening. I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to fix this for us. I, I will do that. Like I will immediately tell the client, this isn't how it's supposed to be. So let, like, I think that's an important thing in any sort of conflict, even in your personal life is like, that's not how that is supposed to be, or that's not how I meant it to be. That's not what that should have been and make sure people know that that's the first step. So if you know you're in the right, yeah, then we can defend it. But if not, yeah, and that's like where I think we want, like we, I always want to bring this up of the emotional side of this business. I am an empath. I absorb people's feelings and take them on. So my job for myself is to sort through those feelings, like which ones are mine and which ones are theirs and which ones should I be like trying to deflect and move away from and protect myself and like protect the creative person inside that just wants to curl up and like quit everything. Like you don't love my art. I'm terrible (laughs) at this. Like all the things, like I can't do this job anymore. Don't, Don't you think all of us, don't you think everybody would benefit by going to therapy? I do go to therapy. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, though, everything you just described are tools and techniques yeah. that you learn. No, I'm an INFP. Like, by like 
going to therapy, talking to someone, like these are strategies that really do change the way that we approach the world around us. Yeah. So I'm aware of it when it's happening. I mean, I was like on my trip going back East, like just stomach and knots while this was like live happening. But I also know like I'm aware of my empathetic tendencies and I don't know if it's necessarily people pleasing, although I'm sure that's part of it. It's more of like the creative in me wants the people to, the recipient to love the work. Yeah. I don't care that they love me. It's like, I want to like have that razzle dazzle moment. Yeah. So, so during like my situation, for instance, like Sean and I did a lot of back and forth on like, and this was what happens in a lot of podcasts where a lot of like the coaches will say, what's in your contract? Yeah. Like, do you, I think it's like the fallback. Like if we have to fall, if we have to retreat from the battleground, what's in the fort? Like what's there to protect us? <laughs> it's like, but that's the thing. Like my contract protected me. So did the vendor's contract. Right. And what am I going to do? Like go back and get my giant, hammer and start swinging it because I have it? No, like that no. client's still pissed off and they still don't like the thing. Yeah. And now my reputation, like I'm known in this community. I have a lot of connections here. Right. The groups are very connected here. It's not a huge stone. You don't want trash talkers. Like, no, it ruins my reputation that I screwed them over. If you did. Yeah. Well, if they perceive that they If did. they think that. And perception is reality. If they're so, sitting on $6,000 worth of dining chairs that they hate. Because they were made, those were like, I'm not going to say those were defective. I'm saying those were, I, well, they are, they literally function as a chair still. Like it's a, it is a functioning chair. So it's not a defective chair, but those are not. Don't fit in the room. Those are not like made the way that they described them to be made and the way they pictured them to be made was different. So the actual product is different than the product that they're selling and listing and having on tear sheets, which in that case, that's a manufacturing problem or that's a, or it's a quality assurance problem. And that and I, manufacturer did good on it. They took them back. They're in processing right now. Right. But if they hadn't, and I had said, I'm no sorry. returns, babe. Yeah, like, everything's non-refundable non and everything is all that, sales final. It's like, client great. client would have like, sued me. I'm almost positive. She feels like she would have. So I, she's very, and like, not all by clients, the book. Not all clients want to do that, but I think the question is to ask ourselves, like, yeah, my contract does say that and I can lean on that, but is this really, is that really going to get me anywhere? And most of the time, my instinct is to uh, go back to the, okay, let's be reasonable because lawsuits are expensive. Savvy oh people savvy people me, often but... have friends who are like, if you're at working with a certain echelon of clientele, at some point, you're going to realize that most of them have lawyers, financial advisors, savvy business people around them who would probably not have a problem writing some threatening email or something like that to she was know. already building a case before I'd even told her what was going to happen yeah she so. was already and as a smart like she's a smart business person she's like what's my recourse like how do I get how do I get what I need as a consumer out of this and then we as businesses like I think we should say designers you're not 
always guaranteed to make money. All businesses have to take losses on some things of different scales. And the bigger you get, the more there will be. Studio McGee, I'm sure, loses a lot of money on random oversights, random merchandise problems, defective stuff that gets returned that they don't make. Now built into the bottom line of what they're oh the bank would lose. I mean, you guys can look at this in shareholder reports. So I'm not giving away trade secrets here, but hundreds of millions of dollars are lost on things like fraud and identity theft and credit card issues, like hundreds of millions. That's the cost of doing business. And they they make billions of dollars. So losing hundreds of millions feels like nothing to companies like that. It hurts a lot more when we see it and you're like, oh, I don't get to give myself a quarterly bonus this quarter because losses. Like it's going to happen. And if you build in that mentality of sometimes I'm going to lose on a deal, that's being in business. You're not, no one's going to guarantee you this universal fairness of, but I did my job with good intentions and I'm still going to lose money. And it's like, yes, that's running a business. Like the it's hope. It's the big girl pants. Yeah, part, yeah. Like you, you cannot guarantee this universal fairness of, but I did what I was supposed to do. So I should get what I want. Like, yeah, because it the, and the loss feels like, I don't know, twofold, threefold, where like in the case of those chairs, well, let's say in the case of the dining table, I lost the sale. So I yeah. lost the profit. I, in that case, that dining, that company did not refund me and it's sitting in a goddamn storage unit, this table that can't even be used. Yeah. Because it's not made the, the way cost, they described it. Which is th- over $3,000. Mm-hmm. And the money or the time and effort it took me to resolve all of this and the emotional effort. So that's where like, yes, save, don't spend your furniture profit until that shit's installed. Yeah. Cause then it's, then it's not your money and it's not as painful, except I still lost $3,000 on that. No, you're still out on something like that because it's a that one is a defective piece. The way that it was made now doesn't work. That's a different piece. So I think it's just this idea, like But it does you help, can be like, right or you can get you can get these situations handled. Like you might not get to be you might not get to be both. Like if if you're in business to fight with people, like great, have at it. Like I guess if that's what you really want to spend your energy on. But I personally can't stomach it. You got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. You do. (laughs) Like, if you want to be a righteous winner, righteous gemstone and go to (laughs) the court of law because you want to be right and get the last word and you don't care what it costs and your stomach acids can handle it, do it. Take your little contract down to City Hall. But I would just rather not have ulcers and the stress and I don't want to like and a bad rep. And I don't want to talk. This is like the part I think about is I'm I've said this before with like Sean, you know, as he and I are talking about things. And I was like, I've already given this or these people or these vendors or that whoever it is. I have by the time I'm now doing conversations sort of like what we have, it's like I have given them more energy than they are worth anymore. Like they no longer deserve that from me. They have not earned this level of their power to stress me out and control what happens in my off hours. I want to be not having ulcers, being by my pool, 
or having a beautiful dinner with my friends, laughing about stupid TikTok videos and not thinking about this client anymore. Because when you're sick with worry too, that's like depleting your energy for the next client or your existing clients that aren't getting now serviced properly and maybe exasperating this problem, kicking it down the road. I'm going to fight about this for six more months of a project or nine more. Like, no, let's come to some resolution. Let's be fair. Let's move on as much as we possibly can and then be done with it. And obviously it's case by case. Like I'm, no one stole anything from me. No. Well, one table bender kind of did, but... We, we might have to come back to them because they really did you dirty. Like that table is literally not built to their product description. Their and it's literally stuff. not like, y'all, we're not going to go too deep, but you literally cannot put your legs under the table. Like that's not a table. That's a console. That's a credenza. Yeah, it has extended like, bars that were not in the drawings. I have a letter into the CEO that has not responded yet. So I might give him another shot at it. And, but like how, like I know how you're at. You're just like, okay, well, I'm going to fight City Hall forever on this. Like at some point, it might not work. But also, what do I do? Just throw this custom, beautiful table in the garbage? Well, you can't sell it. Well, you can sell it as is or donate it. And just that's what it is. You could tell people, like, this table is short. You're going to need shorter chairs. I'm selling it as is. And someone, if you're someone if you out have there, a short, portly, weeble wobble family, it's perfect. Someone, will, if you have a hobbit client, someone will take it. So, when, okay, resolving conflict though, like, I, we've talked about kind of the basics. It's like we were always taught this, and working with people's money really showed a very different side of people. So I feel like I'm used to the idea of how protective people feel about things that are so personal. Because when we worked, when I worked in banking, we were taught this idea of people really care about these certain pillars of their lives. And part of them is like, their health, their family, and their money. And so... And their home. Like, we're, like, dealing with two slices of that pie. That's so close to that. And so the biggest part we were always... And I'm not saying everybody does this in the industries, but it's the idea of we can't just say no and leave things at that, even if we, we have to say no to something or we have to decline something. The bigger learning is to highlight what we can do or what is possible. And especially for us, I think in our industry, it's important to highlight to clients when you are doing something that isn't normal. So you want to remind your clients that this, that something you're doing is extra because we don't want people to get the impression that this is just a normal part of the process and that it's no big deal for you to do it. So they should understand if you're if you are at a point where you're enforcing this like no returns clause just because they have buyer's remorse, it's a it, you might have to say I can't return this item for a refund, but I can help offer to post this for sale on my Instagram and help you find a buyer. You want them to know this isn't a normal thing, but I want to help you. And so I can offer to do this, but it's making sure that they understand that those are two separate things. I'm, I can't give you this, re, I can't return this for you for a refund, but I can do something else if that, if that solution works for you. And you want to get their buy in 
on those solutions. And I'm not saying that's the solve for every problem, but it's that example of, I can't do this, but I can do this. What do you want to do? Yeah. Like the case with the dining table, I did a lot of results. Like I went to the vendor quite a few times to try to see, could they fix this situation? Like were there adjustments they can make to the base or top or whatever? And I let the client know from the beginning that I can't refund this without taking a loss out of my personal pocket if the vendor won't help. Yeah. So she knew from the beginning, but they... It doesn't mean they're going to soften. No. And there was no solution that that would have... It was already like tainted. And I could tell by the partner that that was just not going to be ever accepted. And I just cut my losses with time. Like I'm not not going back and forth on this anymore. And I think people... Even if let's just say like that doesn't help that. So this is what we're used to too. Is like we're we all like this idea of like gratification or satisfaction. The trouble with this is like getting used to the idea that gratification or satisfaction by saying I'm going to take a loss on this. That doesn't mean they're going to change their mind and suddenly like I don't want you to lose money. Oh no, no. it's that idea of they should still walk away knowing that you didn't come up on some giant profit because of this. And I, it, they need to know. I want them to cases. know that I did the right thing. And that's your vindication. And <laughs> they can go on their way knowing that I took the grenade on it. Yeah. You dumped on the grenade. And, and I didn't like overly drag it out and make them feel terrible. And when it came to the resolve that I'm going to write you a check, I definitely buttoned that project up fast. Like, here you go. Exit. Here's like I worked double time to get them everything because I just all didn't the deal with got them out much faster so you could be done. I almost what we just described reminds me a lot of how when you're reading like Google or Yelp reviews on businesses and they're really like trashing the business, and then the business comes back with the freaking receipts, and they're just like, actually, you reported to me this problem at 12 p.m. on a Friday. And by 12 p.m. on Monday, I had a solution. And on 8 a.m. on Tuesday, you had a check in your hand. And then like, think about what people are going to read if you had to go, if it did go south and it went to court or an arbitrator or some other party. Look, make sure that your actions really align with like, I responded to you. I was in constant contact with you. I had this resolution. I did X, Y, and Z. I think... Like, think about the future paper trail that you might Yeah, like, and be able to say, like, what I did is a service... Like, I would want people to read this who are not in the emotional heat of the situation. Like, how when you're looking at a Yelp review or Google review, the people reading them aren't in the heat of the moment like the reviewer was. And so they're going to read it and go, man, look at this Karen over here. Like. <laughs> they're like they're going to be looking at it and thinking why is this person so upset rebecca got said she would do this she even took a loss on it she wrote them the check they wrapped up the project in this reasonable amount of time and everything was handled and this is what we want from someone we work with we want someone who will be reasonable we want someone who will resolve a problem quickly i understood why they were upset i would have been too i was hoping that there was a resolution they would have accepted but there wasn't and that's fine i think all of this is just like weighing the human versus the business yeah and i want them to know that i'm a human i'm not just like some big conglomerate that's trying to rip them a big off robot yeah that i am like 
yeah, getting all this money and I can afford to just pass stuff around. Right. Like you just care I'm, about your profits. Yeah, I'm an not individual person. Like I don't have a lot of capital behind me. Yeah. And Shay McGee's not fielding phone calls about returns. Like <laughs> no. So it's just all of this is like the human versus the business, like the personal versus the contract, the feelings and emotions versus like being right. And each situation is going to have its own version and nuance and gut check that you're going to have to make. And you have to just know what kind of business you are. And it's hard sometimes to know, like, am I just like, being soft and rolling over and like getting taken advantage of. Yeah. Or am I just, I just have to take this one. Like this is that hit that I have to take. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think when you're in that crux and the money usually feels really painful. Yeah. Then that, that is hard, but it does help. Like it helps to have, uh, we talk about this all the time, obviously, but like Sean and Claire and I, it helps to have each other. Sometimes it helps to get your point of view and be like, that doesn't feel right in this situation for yeah. me and this client that I like, know. This doesn't feel like the resolution, even though it is a, a potential way to handle it. A this- resolution, but I have different insights or I know this client in a different way or I'm feeling a different gut check on I it. I usually play devil's advocate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's my natural tendency is like, Okay, let me give the devil's advocate and then let's see where that goes. Like, but sometimes it helps hearing a point of view and then arguing. If you're arguing against it, then that's when you're knowing what your decision is. Yeah, because you're like, oh, this isn't me. Like, I'm not, that's not my point of view. And that doesn't feel like what I want to do for my client in this situation. Yeah. So, yeah, it does help to just bounce that off if you're just really stuck and overwhelmed. And then sometimes, I don't know, I mean, Sometimes I just have to go lick my wounds and figure it out. Yeah. But like even during the more of them that happen, doesn't it gets easier every time. Like during that time, like there was another fabricator vendor, my workroom actually, who's on this project doing something completely else. And I happened to talk to her about it. And she's been in this business for probably 40 years. And she was so helpful. Just like from an emotional standpoint, like just really supportive and she's like I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me and yeah it just made me it gave me some perspective and realization that yeah the road is long the bumps hurt the night is dark and lonely (laughs) the winter is coming I mean (laughs) the emotional side of it is definitely really consuming and then it just feels like everything and it's like a bad breakup feels terrible. And then 10 years later, you're like, that fool? <laughs> you know? Like, I don't even think about him anymore. No. But it, and I think the like rounded out on the business side of that to balance it is, I mean, you all know that I'm big on this. Like, CYA, cover your ass, but get everything in writing, especially if my tendency is that I always feel like people are a little bit more reasonable when you can talk to them in person or by phone. Like when you're getting real-time reactions instead of them firing off 20-page emails, you get a little you get a lot further. And most most people strive to be have a little bit more decorum during an interaction, you know, a, a real-time interaction. But if you have those phone calls, 
you need to still put that stuff in writing and list the major details, what happened, what you agreed to, what's going on next, like what the next step is. That all, you still need to put that in writing and like send it in an email after the phone call. Like, hey, I just want to summarize what we discussed. Like, you're unhappy with, like, you're unhappy with the stain color on this table. I I reminded you that it matches the sample and that, yes, according to our contract, all sales are final, but I really want you to be happy with this. So on our call, we agreed that I'm going to reach out to the vendor to see if they'll allow us to restock this and I'll find out what the fee will be. I need the rest of the week to communicate with them because they take a little bit of time to respond. Like, make sure it's... You need to immortalize it somewhere, designers, and like protect yourself of... Don't let it become a he said, she said down the road because no one ever put it in writing. If you wrote something in an email that's not accurate, it's then the client's responsibility to reply and say, oh, I thought you said you needed you needed one day to do this. Like, that's not what I heard. I thought we were getting a full refund tomorrow. Exactly. Like you want it in writing because those written communications become very important if the conflict does not resolve amicably. Like you need to have those conversations documented somewhere. And I know that can feel bulky, but we have to do it. Like we just have to document those important conversations. That, no, yeah, that's a really good point. And I do agree getting on the phone does soften and humanize again the everybody in charge. And don't you think sometimes when people are like fired up and get on their email, they're just like that cat meme that's just like typing. Da, 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 da. Like, like, and they're like whipping themselves up more yes. at the faster oh, yeah. and they then, type. Th- and then go back to that last email she sent and we're going yeah. to respond to... like Allie McBeal in the court of law. Every, like, they're going to respond to every word in everything that's ever been done. Be- furthermore, <laughs> yeah. heretofore, it's like... Per my <laughs> last email. Like this is not worth it and this is why... You do what retail stores do if you can't like notice that the, the methods are out there. Like, hey, guess what? Target makes a lot of markup revenue. When someone has a damaged thing, they might start by saying, Well, if I mark it down and I discount it, what do you think of that? And then some people go, Oh, I'm okay with that. Hello, designers, hotties. That's what your markup revenue is for. Right, is right. hey, I'm sorry it. this corner on this cabinet got dinged the first, like least resistant side of this would be, can I offer you a price discount because it's at a back corner of the cabinet? Could I discount this item for you and give you, you know, $300 off? That's like, what the vendors try to do. Uh, well, like, and it, some it, of these forehands damages, like it looks like it's it just a, dropped off a six-story a building. cabinet. Like, <laughs> we give you 30% off. You still want it? No, it's drawer is dangling of, by a Some dress. of their stuff is like, did you ever do in school the egg drop yes. experiment where it's like you try to protect an egg when you drop it off of the roof of a building? And King Kong get involved in this delivery. <laughs> like, like, if we flushed. give you a discount, will you accept this scrambled egg? Like, You're like, no. Will you scrape it off the concrete this and eat it? This is supposed to be an Easter egg for my child. Like, How are they going to egg hunt with this yolk? Like, no, it can't. It doesn't work. So like, you need that revenue to come out of your pocket, which sometimes it might take more than that. But that's why we need some projects where everything goes off without a hitch and others that don't. 
And it's, you're not always, I feel like you're not all, there is no win. I think this is like what I'm realizing as we're talking about this is not once is this about the idea of like winning or being right. It's about doing right and being universally fair. Being able to sleep at night. It's not arm for arm here. It's, it's, uh, can we, can we get to a place where we can move away from this and not be, not be aiding, creating malicious behavior towards one another if it were to escalate to that point? Like at some point, the anger and the resentment and the frustration, it's, it's just not worth no, it. You just have to be a big person about it. And I, yeah. Like, and then you can sleep at night knowing yeah, you can sleep at night. I did right by this person. Like it wasn't a great situation, but it was going to happen. And I and did the right thing. In my case, I also had upped some of my processes to where my margins are better on other projects. So in my mind, yeah, I'm okay yes. because I have better profits going forward on these projects that are kind of like making Smaller. everything feel more healthy. Yeah. So bringing it around, start by showing your clients that you're listening. like. You need to acknowledge what's going on. You need to show them that you heard what they said. Like, you're telling me this is the problem. Uh, You're showing me this is an issue. Show them the softer side of Sears. Mm -hmm. Give them the feelings. Like, they need to know, like, I would be frustrated if this was happening in my home. This wouldn't, this would make me unhappy if it was going on too. Like, if you can empathize with them, your, your main goal is just to show them that you're hearing them, you're listening. It's important. Don't make any promises until you're ready to, though. Yeah. And and truly, don't... I hate saying it this way. From a legal side of it, if you have not done something wrong, don't apologize for... Like, I'm sorry I made this table incorrectly. Like, bitch, you did not make this table incorrectly. You can say, I'm sorry this is happening... But don't take responsibility like this was your table, you did it. Because that gets a little sloppy from a legal perspective where someone is saying, you already took response. You acknowledge this was your fault. You said this was it. Like if you didn't cause the problem and you're not the responsible party, don't say you did. I'm sorry now, this is happening. If I need tr- a minute to figure out. Yeah, like if you drew is. the tile on the drawing incorrectly and the tile installer put it up the way you drew it, okay. That's your freaking fault. Like, acknowledge that when you need to. Don't, but don't deny it if it was your issue. But really make sure that you understand what the issue is for the client. Is it the color? Is it the shape? Is it the style? Like, what, what happened? What's going on here? The what more you know. What specifically are you upset about? Yeah, the more you know, the better. And then bring it back in writing into a summary. This is what I understand that's happening. This is what's going on. This is how it occurred. Make sure you're both on the same page so they have a chance. If they disagree with that summary, they can come in and you can clarify, you can go back to step one and get more information again. But most people just want to be heard. Yeah. And in the meantime, I don't give them all of the resolutions, but I'm like, scrambling for options like what what are all the possibilities start gathering them at your disposal exactly and then for that table stain that you're talking about like do we refinish the table Mm -hmm. locally can i get it can i sell it to somebody else for them like will the the vendor take responsibility turn it yeah can i 
make some sort of case that it's not as intent as purchased. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when it's appropriate, you want to explain what happened. Like, even if it's like, this stain doesn't match the sample that you were shown during the presentation or the vendor made these chairs incorrectly. But like, like in the beginning, I'm just doing that quietly to myself while I gather. What are all my, what's all my ammunition? Yeah. What my yeah. plan A, B, C, D. Okay. And then once you guys have really figured out like, where did this go wrong or how did it go wrong? It helps in all sorts of conflict to say, that's not what I meant to happen, but this is what is going on. Like, I feel like clients just don't want mystery. They want, if something does go wrong, there's this level of just fix it, but also like to kind of help people, they need to sleep better too and go, this is what went wrong. I drew the tile the wrong way on the elevation drawing and the tile guy put it in the way I drew it. So this is like, this is what happened. And then go, don't dwell on it too long. Go, get into the, now you have alternatives or solutions. How do we prevent it from happening again? What can I do? And somewhere they need to buy off. It, I feel like the, the client consenting to the solution is very important. Does this work for you? Will you accept this? Get it in writing. Like, Somewhere the resolution, even if they don't like it, you have to say, I'm going to offer a refund for this piece and I will take it out of your home. Do you agree? And like, you got to get a firm because the signal to them is this is the done of the problem. Like, we're not going to keep coming back to this after this resolution has been completed. We're done. Yeah. And if there's three options at the end of it, then I like bullet point. Here's your you three choices. X, y, or Z. What's your choice? Yeah. You can take a discount. You can give it back to me and we can reselect or reorder or do it out. Like we can do those things. Or but we can you're... wait till 2024 for a new one to come in. <laughs> and you are now in charge. Like <laughs> the ball is back in your car, your court. You are a client. You are now, you now have power. And they like options. Like people like options and feeling like they had a choice in this. And you have the power. So show them you're listening. Get all the specifics. Make sure you understand the same situation. Tell them what happened. And then get a buy-off, a buy-in on an alternative or a solution or a final let's cut this loose. Like get them to agree because they need to know that they are in control of solving this. And I just wanted to like pipe in and say that you may have noticed our show notes are getting better. So we have, we'll have a little list in our show notes about this little summary too. Yes. Thank you to our editors over at Podcast Buddy. They're helping us level up and we want you all to feel empowered. Because sometimes you just need to go back and like, if you're feeling lost and crazy in a situation, like, wait, what did they say today? I don't want to listen to that whole hour. So anyway, it's and then look our- up this episode later <laughs> when you have conflict hard. and you're like, now what do I do? Yeah. Welcome to our coaching session. It's hard y'all, but it's worth it. I mean, it's every time gets easier. It does. Like, and you just like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, am I just collecting red flags at this point? Like, identifiers 
and trying not to like overcomplicate it, but also at the end, there's always your gut of like, hmm, did I see that coming? I don't or know. Did I so, miss something? Like in my two situations, one I did, one I didn't. So, and I think that's the part where we have to objectively look back, you know, weekly, monthly, whatever, and go, okay. Like I put in my notebook usually when when something like this happens, I take a beat, I breathe it through. When the, when it has reached its kind of conclusion, I go, but what? Even if it wasn't my fault, what could I have done differently? Or what? It's not a lot. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it truly is like a this one. There was no. There is no answer. There is no magic solution, and that's okay. But it's important to reflect when you're a little bit more clear headed and say. Could I, do I need to tell, tell my attorney to add some extra language in for this? Do I need to put this in my what to expect emails? Do I need to reinforce something at a certain part? Do I need a disclosure on my invoice? Like whatever it might be, really critically look at it. And sometimes when you go, what could have prevented this? You will find, oh, it wouldn't matter what language I put in a contract. It won't matter how I do this because that's, it's not the fair thing or it doesn't feel right or I don't like how that's going to be. And the joy of what we do in running our businesses is we get to say who we want to be and how we want to be. What kind of projects we want to take on. But yeah. ultimately, shit happens. So I mean, we can't. Yeah, we just like, have to get used we can't to it. Like, look for everything and you just There's not gotta no. roll with it baby and that's the universe like life's not like i'm thinking of my mom right now life's not fair sweetie like it's like a, mom that's not fair and then it's life's not fair so i don't want to leave it on life's not fair oof like i also can't really leave it on a you can do it like i don't know what to say i mean just hopefully you don't have to deal with it very often or you just you know become desensitized like a mr spock situation where there's no emotions it's just objective we stick to what we know what we can control that is highly illogical captain and then we keep moving like well, let's just leave it on a start a trekkie no a trekkie for- <laughs> well, what am i supposed to do we can go back to before recording y'all we were talking about game of thrones and house house of the dragon okay. so you guys well, can always Targaryen then. Let's Targaryen. Keep calm and Targaryen. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. You hot designers. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram. So don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D.